0: hi and welcome to the ux research rundown podcast Uh, my name is henrik Matson, and i am the ceo of lookback and the host for this uh, podcast series in which we are uh, talking to a lot of interesting and experienced uh, people in our field um, about what i think is one of the most important uh, challenges that we're facing as an industry Uh, which is to get the people who should care about research or who would benefit from research results uh, in on the journey in different ways and and really kind of see all the good work that U.S. researchers are doing and act uh, on it and build better experiences as a uh, result. And with me today, I have Patty Carlson, uh, who has... uh, uh, about 15 years of experience in this field or so. Uh, currently, the Director of Research and Insights at Dropbox, uh, and before that, uh, did a good uh, good four or five years or so uh, with MailChimp, um, ending up in the Director of UX Research role, if I'm correct. Um, so welcome. It's great to have you here.
1: Thanks, Henrik Happy to be here.
0: Awesome. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I'd like to start with uh, getting kind of the origin story of our guest uh, in order to kind of give people an example of what a journey into research uh, might look like. So uh, could you tell us a little bit about like, how did you get into this? Uh, When did you realize that you were a UX researcher? And and, and what was that like?
1: Yeah. um, So my story is I was studying psychology and this was in the early 2000s. Um, and this was before UX research really was a thing or really like had the name UX research. And so I uh, consider myself really lucky to have sort of like fallen into it. But I was studying psychology at uh, Georgia State University. I was in, uh, my, uh, I was in a PhD program, um, studying social and cognitive psychology. And I was sort of trying to navigate and figure out what I wanted to do. Like, what did I really want it to be when I grew up? Um, I wasn't super jazzed about um, academia as a career and as a lifestyle. Um, I knew I wanted to apply uh, my research chops somewhere where I felt like I could, you know, make an impact. And um, fortunately, the university that I was attending had a partnership with Um, a company called Bell South, which was later acquired by AT&T. a telecom company. And they partnered with uh, a couple of different universities in the area to bring over HCI students and psychology students, kind of like threw us together. And we just kind of learned um, as we were um, participating in the internship. Uh, It was on the door, it said GUI Lab, G-U-I, Graphic User Interface, and we were human factors researchers, or that's what we called ourselves. Um, So I was really fortunate to just have this opportunity to try this thing that I'd never heard of before. I didn't have any design skills or background, um, and I really learned a lot from the HCI students that were in the program, and uh, I was able to teach them a little bit about um, psychology research methods. And so it was a really nice sort of like joining um, uh, and learning experience. And I got to learn from really experienced practitioners. And so that was sort of like my foundation um, uh, I, where I just sort of like learned what UX was. And then eventually as the um, industry grew and sort of like converged on the name UX research, I was sort of getting my um, foundation in um in uh, working in the industry. I worked in a, a few different um, industries, automotive, advertising, um, insurance, before I ended up in SaaS uh, software. And yeah, so currently I am the uh, director of research and insights for our core product at
0: Dropbox. So so your first generation before UX research were was cool, kind of first generation <laughs> in the pyramid. So to speak. Uh, interesting. So um, I saw on your—I uh, uh, was researching you a bit before. Uh, I mean, we've talked before, but I was researching uh, your career a little bit. And I love one of the things. I think it's uh, for one of your Mailchimp positions on LinkedIn. You say you describe it as I get to work with smart and talented people who are ex- you know passionate about building software or something like that, right? And and that kind of summed it up for me. That's really what. Research is all about. I mean, we can research as much as we want, but it's really to to inform people that are building experiences. that's the, that's the whole point. so so I, I think that sums it up. and and in you know the theme for this podcast series is really to make that happen. Uh, and it has so many components. But um, what would you say, what has your experience been throughout this 15 year career or so? Like when research starting out, I guess you've seen research start, like even to take its place in these organizations. You know, I guess research didn't exist as a function, et cetera. So, can you tell us a little bit about like the journey that that this challenge has taken in our industry in these organizations, and kind of what's that looked like a little bit?
1: Yeah. Um a great question uh i think as an early career researcher i was very focused on you know methods and accuracy and precision and sort of like getting um my counterbalancing right making sure that um that i had really good um validity and reliability of my studies like my study design was airtight and i was really focused on sort of like the details and the weeds and that's how i felt like um like, if I could nail that, then, like, the results would speak for themselves, right? You just, like, make sure that the, the research is right, the fa- the findings are solid, you deliver them, and then, like, magic should happen, right? Like, um, everything, you know, everything flows from there, but um, it didn't take me very long to figure out that that's not really how it works. It's less about, sort of, um, the precision, And it's more about inspiring action, right? Like inspiring people to take action on your findings. And so um, it sounds like such a simple concept saying it now, but this is, you know, 15 plus years of, of learning that has, uh, where I have sort of like, you know, tried to, (laughs) to figure out like, okay, what is that piece? Like, how do you do the inspiring action piece? And so that, um, is not as it's not super straightforward, but um, it's definitely something that I have learned that you sort of lean into a lot of other skills besides research skills in order to make that happen. And so um, collaboration skills, partnership, um, building trust, um, motivating others, influencing without authority, um, all these things that. I sort of had to learn along the way There are not things that I learned in school or in grad school. Um, thinking about things like, um, how do I lean into like sales tactics, right? How do I like sell my research? Um, it's all, it's all really, um, you know, when you think about like what you learned in school and then what you learned in practice, um, I feel like I, you know, have just on the job and and in my experience throughout my career um have had to wear so many different hats aside from the researcher hat in order to to really be um be good at my job and be able to lead a team to be effective and impactful
0: right it sounds almost like you know when you said oh i I used to think that it was all about the the precision and the (laughs) validity of the study and all that stuff it's almost like you know back when engineers were the only ones building product. It was like, well, it works, you know, it should be valuable kind of. Uh, w- would you say that, first of all, like th- th- does that metaphor for apply kind of, or am I just going to meta here? And second, um, h- how, does, how did you go about and like who were you working with in trying to broaden out from that very specific I'm very good at the research to to all of this other stuff that because it seems like a lot and it seems like something that should concern the whole organization, et cetera, et cetera. So as a research leader, what was your experience kind of branching out into all of that and who did you ally with, et cetera?
1: yeah i think so yeah one of the points you make is really interesting so it should it should be really important right it should just be like you just do the research and like um you know people should just listen to you right um because if you go around and you ask anybody in any company like any decision maker including the ceo on down and you say um something like a tenant like uh customer centricity leads to better outcomes right customer centricity Mm -hmm. leads to better products um, and better business outcomes. No one would disagree with you, right? Um, mm. but the devil is in the details. And how do you sort of like bring that customer centricity? How do you bring those customer insights to the table and make sure that they're being interpreted um, the right way and make sure that they're being acted on? And so, um, like, how did I like how did I get there? Uh, I think you know and after getting a few studies under my belt in like the real world, um, I would like take notice of when research recommendations were acted on and when they were not. And so um, from my perspective, and my perspective at the time as an early researcher was very small. It was very limited to, okay, what is the user saying? What is um, Mm. what are the customer insights that I'm bringing to the table? But the things that I didn't take into account, the things that I just didn't have experience enough with was uh, what are the business implications? If we take these actions, how much is it going to cost? Um, what are the technical limitations, the technical constraints? Like these are, these are not things that I learned, um, as a, as a psychology researcher. And so I have very quickly developed an understanding of like, okay, this is just one piece of a very big puzzle and somebody has to take all of this information and make a decision, um, on how to go forward with all of these pieces of the puzzle, um, taken into account. And my piece of the puzzle is really small. And if I don't think about how it fits in with everything else, then I'm going to be less effective in sort of like making my case. And so, um, you know, as I got more experience, I started to sort of develop empathy for the people I was working with, right? Not just the people that I was Mm -hmm. researching the users and the customers, but applying that same empathy Um, and problem solving to like understanding, okay, like what are these people who are taking this information to make decisions? What do they need to understand? And how do we get to a place of sort of like mutual shared understanding to where I can recommend something that might be more palatable, that might be more realistic, um, that takes into account business implications. Um, And, you know, once I sort of like got over the hump of realizing like, okay, it's not just like what the research says, it's like, it's part of this bigger thing Um, that made it a lot that sort of like unlocked the door of turning like, okay, like what is my real job from not just like delivering insights about users, but understanding how to make those insights land.
0: Mm. It's interesting because when I talk to research leaders this is a very common story the one you're telling right now it's really and i'll point to a couple of things in it that i think that i find very interesting it's it's almost it almost always falls on the research leader to lead this thing even though you know my perspective as a ceo it's like this is very important to the, this is my job to do this you know what i mean it's not it's it's <laughs> it's not the research leader's job to have to push the organization into this place where the organization will win only i mean obviously do it but it has that been your experience that this is something that you just the research just has to pick up is this something that you hear your research friends um uh, talk about too or am i just like I'm, i've just happened to talk to people that have had this experience you know what's your what's your take on that
1: yeah the the lamentations of the researcher yeah you know early, early in my career, I used to, I used to be a little bit mind boggled by this, right? Like I would, I would say like, oh man, if I had just gone into accounting, like things would be so much simpler, <laughs> right? <laughs> Cause like, I'm not like, you know, I'm coming to work and I'm, and I'm having to justify my existence, right? And I'm having to like educate and justify and, and get buy-in for research and, and all of those things. Um, you know, more, more recently, later in my career, I've been fortunate to work in environments where I no longer have to get buy-in for doing research, right? Like that, um, that has been really nice about the, um, the software companies that I've worked at more recently. Um, and so I don't have to convince anyone of the value of research, um, We often have the opposite problem where I have a lot more more demand for research than I have um, researchers on my bandwidth to be able to to complete it all. Um, So now challenges look a little bit different. I mean, we still have challenges as research leaders, but um, the challenges are more along the lines of um, ensuring that we're prioritizing the right work, um, finding that right balance between, um, you know, what researchers will sort of like dive in deep versus where we're okay with like democratizing research, for example, and sort of sharing um, uh, sharing the the research um, activities with non-researchers. Um. And, but I but I will say we still kind of run into these same issues with ensuring that even if we're only focused on the most important work that it has the impact that we know it can have, right? That it plans. And so it's still sort of like a learning journey for me because we will find that some insights will land and go viral and everyone will be talking about them. And then others that I think are equally important just don't. And so
0: really yeah. figuring
1: out that formula of like, okay, how do we, like, how do we figure out what worked over here and try to apply it to the other things that we also think are important?
0: Mm. Have you, have you stumbled upon some revelations or secrets there that you, you'd you like to share?
1: So, you know, um, it, it, going just sort of like back to basics, I think one of the things that that researchers just have to come to terms with is in order for uh, research insights to to have the impact that you want them to have, you've got to tie them to outcomes, right? They have to be tied to sort of outcome, Um, whether that's a business outcome, whether that's outcomes for the customer um, and those outcomes um, work best when they're quantified. So dollars, revenue, you know, ticket solve for customers. However, like whatever makes sense in a researcher's environment to sort of quantify and tie, like tie a direct line from the research to the outcomes, um, is one of the more like successful tactics. But that's that can also be challenging because a lot of times the research that we do is upfront it's way out ahead, right? It happens long before actually GAs, uh, where we can actually like start to quantify metrics about something that's out in the world. And so um, by the time that happens uh, and the team sort of like launches something and we celebrate it, they can sometimes forget, right? They can sometimes forget like, oh, there was like all of this research that happened like a a while ago that made this possible, right? Or maybe there's research that happened that helped us to learn that we shouldn't go in this other direction, right? So there's this thing that we didn't do. So there's no launch and there's like nothing to celebrate, right? There's there's research on the thing that we didn't do. Um, so being able to sort of like tie that line from like the research I did to the outcome, it, uh, to the outcomes it had for the business can be challenging. And so um, the tricks are not really tricks. It's really just um, building strong partnerships with the people who are sort of like at the end of the line, right? The product managers, the engineering leaders, uh, design leadership. Um, because when something uh, launches, if you've had a good relationship with the people that you worked with, Um, they should be able to sort of like tie that back, right? To be able to tell that story, right? Um, And um, yeah, I think that is like, that is a huge part of it. I think the other, the other piece of it is in order for them to be able to tell that story, the researcher should be really good at telling their own story, right? And not just relying on Mm. partnership.
0: Right so that's super interesting my, my experience has been um, that in my own team has been that when i as a kind of stakeholder or like top decision maker get interested in research uh and and care about the research it's not as rewarding to the researchers as when the people who are building the product get very excited about it and i'm happy about this it makes perfect sense but you know they're they're more excited about like oh the, the the product team was there, like the designer and the developer, were, were, they were in the session, and they got excited and they like, you know, we talked about it. Uh, that's way more exciting to the researchers that I know than when like, I'm interested in the work, you know what I mean? And, and I know that we've had this discussion in the industry uh, about like getting a seat at the table, et cetera, et cetera. And when we talk about that, we're talking about leadership. And even now you're talking a bit about like navigating, the leadership etc what's your experience in kind of the different levels of engagement right because it's like the, the 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 team building the thing that are just individual contributors being part of research that's one thing the, the kind of pms etc that's one thing and the kind of high management that's another thing like are all of these equally important is there you know how, how do these things fit together would you say
1: yeah um, that's a good question so and I think I think I have like a recent example that might help illustrate this so we um, were so I had a researcher who was working uh, working with a team working embedded on a team um, and they had this sort of like um, idea about what they wanted this, product to do what they wanted this feature to do to be able to sort of like iterate on it. Um, The researcher um, was very inclusive with her research. So she made sure that the team was invited to research sessions. Um, So designers and product managers sort of at the team level were able to experience the research sessions firsthand and they were wanting to go in like a certain, certain direction but they realized along the way that the process that they were trying to build on top of and iterate on was just broken. It was just like, just really, really difficult to sort of get through in a lot of ways. And so we actually had, um, we have a Hack Week um, at Dropbox. And so she sort of like took this broken experience to Hack Week um, and formed a team. And uh, from Hack Week, they were able to generate a number of um, experiment ideas that they then tested. Um, and from the experiments, uh, they were able to um, quickly like, address a lot of these pieces of the broken experience, which then um, people got actually really excited about because they were able to sort of quantify right quantify the outcomes. Um, and tie that to projected revenue impact, which was super exciting. And so that story got told. Um, It was uh, shared at Hack Week. Uh, They won some awards for uh, their Hack Week project. And so it had a lot of visibility on it. And that story was able to be shared to leadership and by leadership as an example of, really like zeroing in on customer centricity and illuminating, um, how you can very quickly, um, because it doesn't take a lot of time. Half week was like a week. Um, but you can very quickly identify ways that you can improve, um, what we have that can lead to quantifiable outcomes. Um, and so I think that's an example of, all of the everything happened like at the team level at the individual contributor level but because um it was such an engaging and exciting experience for all the people that were involved um that story was able to to be amplified and shared so it um traveled sort of like beyond just the Mm. immediate
0: it's almost like evangelism or something in marketing it's like it's 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 when it comes from the people who are supposed to be, you know, in in a sense, the product team is kind of the customer of the UX research value proposition, right? So like it's better when they talk about it, it's it's almost the most powerful marketing. Is that am I making this up? I mean, you have a marketing background or, or does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I do I do strongly believe that researchers should be their own storytellers and be their own marketers. But absolutely, if you can like get someone else to be excited about and share that story, it will have, you know, it will have all of these great sort of like um, influential, you know, uh, possibilities. Um, so, yeah, I, def- I yeah definitely agree with that
0: how would you, I mean, there there are so many aspects of this. And I think some of the stuff that we've covered explains why there are so many aspects of it. You know, it's it's kind of, for me, my perspective, it's a tooling thing. You know, you have to be able to set up the environment. It's also how the a culture thing, like, are you, you know, as you described, now you're working in environments where you don't have to fight for research to, to be a thing, you know. Uh, it's also, I imagine, a process thing. Like, how do you How does the product team work and how are they led and what can they do? And do you have hack week, et cetera? um, And I don't ask of any of my guests to kind of like give a complete map of like and go through all of these things, right? I, I think over perhaps this season and another season, we might be able to cover most of it. But, But could you like as a kind of to summarize this thing, could you give us a view on like what are some of the main kind of components that you have to work with uh in order to kind of make this work because it seems to me and correct me if i'm wrong that you can't just like go in one of these things yeah it's it's pretty broad you have to kind of work across all of these things so could you give us kind of the map the overview map The,
1: the overview map um so i'm i'm a big believer in the strength and the value of partnerships right partnerships with your design peers, partnerships with your with your product peers, because um, you know I think the, the theme of what we've been saying is it's one thing for me to say it, but if we're all saying the same thing together, it's it's much stronger. It's a much stronger method method uh, message, and so partnership just it doesn't just happen. Like it's not just like oh hey we're we're peers suddenly we're partners. You have to really develop and nurture and grow that partnership. Um, and so I think the foundation of a partnership is trust. Um, and I think trust is something that you build over time through, um, shared understanding, right. Shared goals, um, you know, applying the same empathy that you would to understanding your user to your partners, um, and really having like a, a good, um, communicate good open lines of communication, um, being able to communicate really clearly what research can and cannot do, um, understanding, like being able to sort of articulate the limitations of research. Um, And so really like all of those things sort of like build on each other, like good communication skills, shared understanding, um, trust, and then partnership is sort of like the, the top of that pyramid. And, um, yeah, I think once those partnerships, like the true, solid, good, deep partnership is established, it makes all of the other pieces, um, much easier, um, uh, and you're able to sort of like lean on each other to, uh, develop and craft that message that the research is that the story that the research is saying is telling.
0: Right. So the component the different challenges may change over time, but, but you will be able to cope with those if you have the team dynamics set up in a right in the right way. Is that yeah. if I understand you correctly? Yeah, so, so exactly. Almost like building a building a startup or something. It's like you don't know what's gonna come down the, the line, but if you have your team set up, you'll be able to manage it kind of.
1: Right, yeah, because you're going to have you're gonna to have to negotiate trade-offs, you're gonna to have to have difficult conversations. And in order to sort of like grease the wheels on those hard things, um, you need to establish that that partnership first. It just makes things so much smoother in the long
0: run. Mm. And if we as a last question, if we go back to your your first kind of realization that you described in your career where you 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 were very focused on the on the kind of on the craft and doing the research and all that stuff, and then you realize there's this whole other thing, um, of of building, like telling the stories and 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 selling the research almost. Um, how have you navigated? Because the, there must be, I imagine, a trade off between those two things, right? I mean, it's it, both of these things take time. It sounds like this relationship building takes a lot of time, like. How have you navigated this, and kind of what are some of the what? Let's put it like this: What would you say to someone who's just starting out in this? They're they're just building out a research practice, and they think that all of this sounds great. Like, how do they navigate these two things? Are there any kind of things that you've learned in your career that are are essential for for success here?
1: This is a, this is a great question, and I think I think every researcher sort of like needs to go through this, um, and that's like learning when when is it good enough? Like, when is it just, when is it like enough research, right? Because I think as someone who's very focused on craft, there's no, there's no sort of like end to the research questions, right? You never as a researcher feel satisfied that you have answered every question, that you know exactly what's gonna happen. Um, but in a fast moving business environment, you don't have the luxury of getting to the point where there are no more unknowns left because by the time you get there, the train has left the station. Like your competitors have eaten you up. Like there's, you know, you, you've got to get, like we, we work in environments where we have to get product to market. That is our reality. Um, and so negotiating that trade-off means getting that sense and that understanding of when, do, when have I answered enough questions to move forward, and understanding that it's not going to be perfect, and there is risk in moving forward before we know everything, but there's also risk in the cost of delay if we don't like make that decision.
0: Awesome. You know, I'll say this: I'm not a researcher myself, but but as when I talk to research leaders and I hear these kind of things, I I, I I think that research leaders will lead companies uh, in the near future at a much higher rate than that, because this is so at the core. Exactly what you're saying now is exactly the core of managing uh, a business successfully as well. So. Uh, I think the future is bright for researchers, but it's not an easy way to get there. So uh, we're out of time, unfortunately, but thank you so much for sharing all of this perspective. Uh, if our dear audience uh, love this kind of stuff, uh, this uh, podcast uh, is uh, a full season of a lot of cool people. And uh, there's also a newsletter called the UX Research Rundown that you can subscribe to to get more information about events like this. So uh, thank you again, Patty, and uh, happy researching, everyone.
1: Thank you.